Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, I'm bringing you guys my do not draft players list for fantasy football in 2020. I'm going to be going over multiple players at multiple positions and talking about why I do not personally believe you should draft them in 2020. Now, obviously, you can draft all these players at a certain price, but at the price they're being picked at right now based off of current drafts, ADP, I just personally do not think that you should select the player where they are going. So before I get into my do not draft list for fantasy football in 2020, I'd like to ask if you guys could please go down below and click that subscribe button. It's free and I put out content every single day to help you guys dominate your 2020 fantasy football season and just when the off-season content stops we're going to start firing up in-season content starts sits all that jazz rankings waiver wire ads all of that starting in just a week about a week from now for the season so make sure that just even if you're just watching these videos for the off-season please make sure to subscribe because I'm going to continue to help you throughout the NFL season so let's get into it do not draft list for fantasy football in 2020 coming in here with my first do not draft player is AJ Green wide receiver of the Cincinnati Bengals his FFPC ADP is the 83.69 very nice FFPC ADP is higher stakes drafts where it's like a hundred plus dollar buy-in to get into the draft so more sharp more serious kind of leagues ADP average draft position so the 83rd player off the board but based on more casual leagues or not even casual league but just based off of normal ADP taken from regular drafts he goes much higher than that Cincinnati Bengals six foot four 211 and 32.1 years old now, the fact that he's going later in these more sharper kind of leagues or these high-stakes leagues should tell you enough that he's not worthy of being picked where he is getting picked right now. Obviously, in when he came out of college out of Georgia a zillion years ago because A.J. Green's getting up there in age, like I said, 32.1 years old, a 4.50 40-yard dash, 67 percentile, 86 percentile speed score, 52nd percentile burst score, 63rd percentile agility score, and an 87th percentile catch radius for Mr. A.J. Green. Now, his ADP was actually not all that high a couple of weeks ago. He was actually going at kind of a modest area in drafts where it kind of felt like, hey, maybe he's worth it there. But that's the trick we all, a lot of people, not me, I did not fall into that last year. I really advised everyone not to draft AJ Green last year, and the guy never played. So you can't really put that against him for this season, but I kind of tend to do that because I feel worried about the fact that he is going to be able to stay healthy for more than like eight games of the season. He obviously missed all of 2019. Right now, coming off the board is wide receiver number 29, pick 69, and round number six. So in 2018, which is obviously the last year we have stats for him, wide receiver number 44 in 2018, 16.6 PPR points per game, ranking 16th at wide receiver, obviously only played in nine games in that season. 77 targets, 8.6 per game, ranking 50th. Obviously, that's the targets, not the per game number, because he is a target hog in this offense, but not really a target hog, because now that Tyler Boyd is there we have seen them kind of or him kind of digress in the amount of targets he's getting because Tyler Boyd is there but that doesn't mean that that's why I think he's a bad player I think he's a bad player not because he's actually even a bad player at all it's due to the fact that he is so injury prone 46 receptions 5.1 per game ranking 50 at the wide receiver in 2018 60 694 yards 77.1 per game ranking 42nd at wide receiver six total tutties 23rd amongst wide receivers six red zone receptions 39th amongst wide receivers and a 23.5 percent target share in that Cincinnati offense in 2018, ranking 18th, just like the number he wears at wide receiver. Now, reports out of camp are obviously A.J. Green a couple of, like, about a week ago ended up getting hurt. The reports are that he's back in camp, which is obviously a good sign for A.J. Green, but other reports out of camp are telling us that Burrow and Tyler Boyd have a love affair on the football field. They are just beautiful A1 dime to Tyler Boyd all the time, so maybe Tyler Boyd is going to really transcend, like I believe he will, and A.J. Green could be left in the dust due to his injury kind of 
proneness. Now, I don't want to dub someone as completely injury prone, but if I was to dub anyone as injury prone, it would be AJ Green because that motherfucker, you know how when, uh, you win the Super Bowl, everyone signs one of those footballs. That's what A.J. Green does, but instead of winning a Super Bowl, he signs his name in the blue tent on the side of the sideline to mark his territory. He's like a dog taking a piss in there, being like, that's my fucking tent because I belong in there because I'm always hurt. This guy, the problem with A.J. Green is he gets hurt doing the most random shit. He'll get turf toe just walking his dog down the street, okay? So I, I hope A.J. Green stays healthy. This is nothing against A.J. Green. I hope he can stay healthy. I just worry that it is too long it's been too many times for AJ Green getting hurt for me to be able to co to confidently draft him. So if we look at him, injury probability, 65.7% injury probability, 84.6 fragility rating, which means this guy is as fragile as the fine china your mom fucking keeps inside of the cabinet. High ankle sprain in preseason, right? And then you're like, oh, a high ankle sprain, he'll be fine four weeks, right? That's what they're saying. Four weeks, four weeks come. He's still not playing. Then eight. Then it's week eight. He's still not playing. Then it's week 11. He's still not playing. And then he just misses the whole season. A high ankle sprain typically does not require 16 games to miss, but he did have surgery for a full-on ankle reconstruction. He hurt his toe in 2018, hamstring strain in 2016, knee contusion in 2015, and a concussion in 2014. This guy has a laundry list of injuries. Luckily, somehow it, avo it avoided his fucking chest. But at the end of the day, I'm too scared about drafting AJ Green. I worry too much about the injury. So I'm going to go ahead and hit him with the Michael Jordan fadeaway. Do not draft AJ Green in 2020. Next player to talk about here is running back Devin Singletary. FFPC ADP 59.59. He's a Buffalo Bills running back five foot seven. I'm taller than Devin Singletary, so I will look down at him in this video. I'm just fucking with you. I don't look down at any of these guys. These guys are fucking freak athletes, monsters of guys, but they're not worth it based on their current draft position. 203 pounds, 23 years old. Devin Singletary, obviously a rookie last season, put up a very solid campaign in his rookie season down the stretch. 4.6640 yard dash. This guy, your great grandmother runs faster than him. Tom Brady would run a lapse around Devin Singletary. 15th percentile speed score, 46th percentile burst score, 18th percentile agility score, and an 11th percentile bench press. Now, like I said, Devin Singletary really had a great season in 2020 or 2019. Right now, coming off the board is running back number 23, pick 49 and round number five last season finishes running back number 32 in 2019 12 games but started eight obviously to start the season old man Frank Gore was the starter and then eventually Devin Singletary surpassed him and became the guy there 151 carries 12.6 per game ranking 29th at running back 775 rushing yards 64.6 per game ranking 24th at running back 42 targets 3.5 per game 33rd 29 receptions 2.4 per game 37th now this is the category that may end up deceasing Tevin Singletary. Devin Singletary is stuck in what we would call a double-headed backfield. They've got one head of the dragon, maybe the double-headed dragon. We got Devin Singletary here. We got Zach Moss over here. And these motherfuckers are going to screw each other until it screws your fucking fantasy team because they are going to be uh, not they're going to be leeching off of each other. It is going to be god awful for Devin Singletary. Zach Moss came here and he is looking fantastic in camp and reports are that Devin Singletary is fumbling the ball. This motherfucker has butterfingers and he can't do anything. So what that tells me is why is Devin Singletary being drafted in the fifth round? 
Why? He goes in the fourth round in some leagues. I've seen him go as high as the beginning of the fourth round. So why are you doing that? Why are you drafting him there? Why draft him in the fifth round even? If I'm drafting Devlin Singletary, it has to be like a sixth or seventh round pick to where I feel comfortable drafting a guy who I think, in my personal opinion, job could be stolen from Zach Moss. And if it doesn't, they're just going to leech off of each other, like I said. Not a symbiotic relationship. It's going to be a parasitic relationship from Zach Moss screwing over Devin Singletary, and it's going to be great for us who love Zach Moss. 194 receiving yards, 43rd at running back red zone touches, 20, 1.7 per game ranking, 42nd in total touchdowns for number 42 at the running back position. So I'm not saying Devin Singletary is a bad player. He is just in a garbage situation for him to succeed. Obviously a good team, just a crowded backfield, obviously, between those guys. In 2019, Devin Singletary had 540 snaps, 49.5% of the snaps, and Frank Gore had 381, 35.9% of the snaps. I predict that Zach Moss gets 45% of the snaps. Devin Singletary gets 55 between the two. Obviously, there's going to be other running backs behind them that are going to get touches, but comparing the two guys together, I think it's going to be 55 to 45, and it's just one freak injury. Not even a freak injury, just one nice swift pipe to the knee to Devin Singletary for Zach Moss to really start taking over there. The Athletics Joe Busagilla believes Zach Moss is going to be a factor on the passing downs. I just talked about Devin Singletary not getting so many passes last year. Now that might even go down even more in 2020, which is obviously going to hurt Devin Singletary. Uh, Busagilla, Moss has passed the pass production or pass protection test which is very good got to make sure that you wrap your willy for your quarterback showing the ability to make big plays out of the backfield the official uh, website reports and has previously observed that Moss's potential role is getting undersold these reports make it hard as ever and to know what to do with Devin Singletary doesn't make it hard at all for me to know what to do with Devin Singletary. You are not drafting Devin Singletary. He is going to bend you over and not use any bit of lube. He's not even going to spit on it before he sticks it in your ass because he is going to screw you over. Don't draft Devin Singletary in 2020. Next do not draft guy is Todd Gurley of the Atlanta Falcons FFPC ADP 32.65. Todd Gurley, what a fall from grace. Former first round pick, one of the best running backs in the NFL a couple of years ago, and then it all turned to shit with his knee. That knee was ever sl- slow slightly, so slightly catching up on him and it eventually did him in in the Super Bowl, or in the playoffs, actually, before they made the Super Bowl in 2018. They're saying, oh, we're going to kind of use Todd Gurley, we're going to use him right, and then C.J. Anderson's balling out. They don't use Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl. Probably why they lost the fucking Super Bowl, because Todd Gurley has been injured. He has that arthritis knee. There's a reason why Sean McVay put this man on a snap count. It's because he can no longer be a complete and utter workhorse back, and at that price for a guy I don't think will be the workhorse in Atlanta— don't see a reason to draft him. Six foot one, two hundred and twenty-seven pounds, twenty-six point one years old, out of Georgia. Atlanta got Todd Gurley because the Rams cut him. The Rams straight up cut the guy because they did not believe he was worth having on the roster in 2020. 4.5, 40-yard dash, 77th percentile, 92nd percentile speed score, no burst score, no agility score, and a 27th percentile bench press, and a zero percentile uh, likelihood to have a good knee. So... Todd Gurley, running back of the Atlanta Falcons, coming off the board is running back number 16, round 30, or pick 30, round numero 3, running back number 14 in 2019, playing in 15 games. Now you might say, oh my god, Nick, even with the limited carries from him last year, with only 14.9 per game, he did great. You want to know why he did so good? Because of his touchdown total. This motherfucker scored 
14 touchdowns, fifth at the running back position. 14 touchdowns. The rest of his stats were god-awful. Carry numbers, 17th at running back. Rushing yards, 857, 19th at running back. Target numbers, 20th at running back. Receptions, 33rd at running back. Receiving yards with 207, 38th at running back. And his red zone touches were 59, 3.9 per game, ranking third at running back. And people mean to tell me that Todd Gurley with head coach or offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter, who doesn't know how to use a running back at all, will use Todd Gurley correctly. It is not going to work out for Todd Gurley, even if he can stay healthy. I just don't think that they're going to run the ball enough for this to be worth it. They were the number one team in pass plays ran in 2020. And the run plays dead fucking last. 33.03% run splits in 2019 with the same returning head coach and offensive coordinator ranking 32nd. Most pass plays, 66.97% of the time, number one at, uh, obviously, in the NFL. So you might say, oh, Nick, that's going to go down. There's no way that can stay the same. They fucking fire the ball off so much in Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if that number went to 68% of the time they're passing the ball because of how explosive their wide receiver core is, their tight ends. The way they run this offense is also is off of a pass-heavy attack, and the running attack has nothing to do with it. You didn't want Devin Single or not Devin Singletary. You didn't want Devontae Freeman in years past. So why do you want the same thing in Todd Gurley? Now, I really don't understand it. Rams run pass splits, though, last season. Uh, They were also not super heavy on the run, but still much better, going from 33.03 in Atlanta to Todd Gurley having 38.01% run percentage in uh, uh, L.A. For the Rams, 25th at running back, 61.99% pass, 8th in the NFL. So the Rams were obviously running the ball more than the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm not really sure why anyone's buying into Todd Gurley. Now we're going to look at a nice chart to see what Todd Gurley's injury history looks like. Just kidding. That's not what we're going to be talking about at all because I removed it because it's just his knee being super fucked up. It wasn't even all that interesting because we know he has that arthritis knee. Now Falcons offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter expects a minimum of 15 weekly touches from Todd Gurley, right? Yep. How many touches did he have last year? 14.9. Minimum 15. If he can go, now they're saying right now, depending on where you're at in the season and wear and tear, I think the low is 15 and the high is 25. If he was to get 25 touches a game, this guy is a top 10 running back. He is, without a doubt. But I think that is the biggest lie I have ever read in my goddamn life. It's the same thing Sean McVay did with Todd Gurley. He can do it. He's this. He's that. He's going to be able to run the ball. And then at the end of the day, the guy just ends up breaking down like a fucking car. And it's just unbelievable. I'm not drafting Todd Gurley. I don't believe in him. And I think if they give him 25 touches, you give him 25 touches, four games in a row, this guy is dead in the dirt on the field. So I'm not drafting Todd Gurley. I'm really fading him. They're going to throw the ball too much for him to be worth it. So stay away from Mr. Todd Gurley. If you guys have ended up enjoying this video thus far, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. It's free, and I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. Now, next player here, Amari Cooper, is brought to you guys by my sponsor and my partner at Manscaped.com. If you want to have the nicest shaved balls in your league, if you want to have the best draft, Manscaped's going to help you out by that because your nuts are going to be looking A1. The family jewels are going to be looking fantastic, and you can use Manscaped code notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping my favorite thing that they sell it's a bit unorthodox it's ball deodorant it smells so beautiful down there you would not believe it until you try it so make sure you get it manscaped.com code notorious at checkout for 20% off 
as well as free shipping. So Amari Cooper, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, FFPC ADP 36.41, six foot one, 211 pounds, 26.2 years old, formerly of the Oakland Raiders. 4.42 40-yard dash, 89th percentile, 92nd percentile speed score, 24th percentile burst score, 97th percentile agility score, and a 75th percentile uh, catch radius. So Amari Cooper, very good player. The problem with Amari Cooper is not that he just can't get it done with the talent he has because he can get it done. The problem is getting it done on a weekly basis. Amari Cooper is going to have a week where he plays amazing, right? And then the next week, he plays amazing again. And then he has three games of taking a dump straight on your chest, wiping it in, and signing his name on your chest with shit. That's what Amari Cooper is going to do to you. Amari Cooper's stats last year, finished as wide receiver number 10, now coming off the board as wide receiver number 13, pick 34, round number 3, which is far too high in in my opinion, 15.4 PPR points per game, ranking 14th at wide receiver, and he played in all 16 games last season. Now, it's definitely entirely possible that Amari Cooper finishes as wide receiver number 13 in fantasy football in 2020, but he's not going to be the wide receiver 13 because he's very consistent. He's going to be it because he has some shit games and some really good games, and at the end of the day, that's just not something you want in your roster on a week-to-week basis as a guy who's probably going to be your wide receiver 1 or wide receiver 2 on your roster. He'd obviously be wide receiver 2 if you went with two wide receivers in the first three rounds, and your wide receiver 1 if you went two running backs early, like I kind of suggest. 119 targets last season. 17th at uh, wide receiver, 79 receptions, 15th at wide receiver, 1,189 yards, 7th at wide receiver, 8 total tutties, 8th amongst wide receivers, and 6 red zone receptions, 33rd amongst wide receivers. Now, another issue with Amari Cooper has nothing to do with him. It has to do with the team around him. The Dallas Cowboys draft C.D. Lamb in the first round. C.D. Lamb is a freak. Now, they're going to have three wide receivers out there who are very capable of having or being the wide receiver one of the team. I would not be surprised at all if by the end of the year, C.D. Lamb was the number one wide receiver for the team. I would not be surprised if it was uh, Michael Gallup, and I would not be surprised if it was Amari Cooper because they're all so good that I think it is going to hurt Amari Cooper since there's going to be games where C.D. Lamb just drops three fucking touchdowns or not maybe three touchdowns, but he scores two touchdowns, gets like 150 yards, and Amari Cooper is sitting over there with a measly 20 yards, and you are crying yourself to sleep because that's what Amari Cooper does. He does his best Houdini act. He just disappears in some games. If we look at his total points scored on a week-to-week basis, you can see this disappearing act occur. Week one against the Giants, you would assume he would do good. 22.6 PPR points uh, in that game, ranking 16th at wide receiver. Next week, up against Joshie Norman and the Washington football team, 14.4 PPR points, 30th at wide receiver. The next week, against Miami, 6th at wide receiver. And then against New Orleans, 34th. And then he becomes the third best wide receiver the next week against Green Bay. And then he takes a shit again. 1.3 points against the New York football Jets. 95th at wide receiver on the week. And then he bounces back against Philly. 17th wide receiver on the week. Then 13th. Then 4th. And then, again, he just shits the bed. 55th best. Then 109th best. Then 10th best. 87th best. 55th best. And then 28th at the wide receiver position. So the final three weeks of the season, realistically, week 14, 15, and 16 for fantasy football purposes, this guy is the 10th best wide receiver. Then he shits the bed two times in a row. 87th and 55th. Do you want to draft a guy that is so inconsistent like this? And the problem is there's no method to Amari Cooper's madness. This 
guy's balling out against the Green Bay Packers that have a pretty good defense. And then against the Jets the next week, he completely screws you over. So there's no method to the madness. There's no way to figure out who is he's going to be able to end up defeating. Stephon Gilmore, one of the best corners in the league, if not the best, he, he put zero points on him. He put up a goose egg. And he's going to be a guy you're drafting in the third round. I do not trust him. I will not draft him. Let me know what you guys think about Amari Cooper in the comments. Now on to the final player of the video, and that is Robert Gronkowski. Now with Gronk, we're seeing another issue between the FFPC ADP and between the ADP of normal drafts. FFPC ADP 103.15. Let me tell you, he goes much higher than that in normal leagues, strictly based off of name value. With Gronk, Tom, uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's obviously there. With Gronk, he brought in his compadre, Gronk. And I'm not saying Gronk is going to be a complete and utter shit tight end, but the problem is where he's getting drafted is just not worth it. Six foot six, Rob Gronkowski, 265 pounds. I have no idea how much he actually weighs now. He was looking super skinny. Now he's looking bigger in camp. 31.3 years old for Gronk. Obviously, one year off of retirement because the guy straight up said, fuck it, I'm done. I don't want to get any more concussions. And then somehow Tom Brady slipped him something to make him want to come to Tampa Bay. 4.73, 40-yard dash, 65th percentile, 85th percentile speed score, 57th percentile burst score, 40th percentile Jody score, to 70th percentile catch radius, as well as 100 percentile WWE move because if you guys remember, this guy hit some Bills defender with a people's elbow straight to the dome. If you guys remember that, that was so funny. Obviously, terrible thing to do for Gronk. Rob Gronkowski right now, tight end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coming off the board as tight end number six, pick 72, round six. Tell me where the fuck are you finding any information to want to draft Gronk inside of the top six rounds of the draft as the sixth best tight end. There are so many other guys around that area that are just so much better than him that I can't even comprehend why he's being drafted so high. Finished his tight end 11 in 2018 because like I said, he missed all of 2019 because he retired playing 13 games. He has not played a, sing or a full season since the early 2010s. He has not been able to complete a season. This guy's always hurt. Eighth at tight end in PPR points per game, 72 targets, which is 12th at tight end, 47 receptions, 12th at tight end, 682 receiving guards, 6th at tight end, 3 red zone receptions, 30th at tight end, 3 total touchdowns, 16th at tight end. The biggest issue here with Gronk in Tampa is I don't see immense touchdown upside with him this year. I really don't. I think that Gronk is going to be one of those guys that is drafted highly based off of his name. And then Mike Evans is scoring a zillion touchdowns. Now, it's going to be impossible to cover these guys in the end zone, though, because if you double Gronk, then Evans is wide open. You double Evans. Gronk is wide open. So Gronk will probably score a couple of touchdowns. But I just worry about his health. And I'm very concerned that he's not going to be able to play a full 16 games. And the fact is, this is the best wide receiver corp he's ever played with in the NFL, in my opinion. So maybe that just lowers Gronk's value just enough for him not to be worth the pick in the sixth round. Even though there's no way in fuck he's worth it as tight end number six at all. The Waller's probably ranked behind him. Ertz, there's so many other guys that you could easily draft later in the draft. They're just going to have so much more value, but especially for where you're picking them, than Rob Gronkowski. So to prove the fact that he is injury-prone, deemed high injury risk by Sports Injury Predictor. Chance of injury in 2020, 78.7%. Projected games missed in 2023.5 games. And his durability is 2 out of 5, meaning if he gets hurt, it is not likely for Gronk to come back. So I'm fading Gronk. I'm not about to draft him in the, in the sixth round. Now, in some leagues, I've seen him go much later, and that's fine. You can draft him in the 12th round. You can draft him in the 10th round. But in the 6th round, that is too heavy of a price to pay for Rob Gronkowski. So thank you guys all for watching this video. Let me know if you guys agreed with these players. Let me know if you guys hated this list. You think all these guys are great? Go ahead and tell me because I'd love to hear that down below. I love each and every single one of you motherfuckers, and I cannot wait to hit you guys with yet another video later.
Shout out to everyone who's been watching. I really appreciate it. Check out manscaped.com. Shout out to them. Code Notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping. Check out my Patreon for the draft guide. Patreon.com slash Notorious Fantasy. I love each and every single one of you guys. We're almost at 5,600 subscribers. We're almost to 6,000, and we better hit that before the season starts, even though I don't think we're going to. I sure hope we do. I love you all. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Good boy.